Dr. Allison Bremner here with Cultivating Success, the podcast where we talk about business and chiropractic and really trying to help you young docs out there succeed as quickly as possible. We drop new episodes on the first and third Monday tonight. It's just going to be me on the podcast. You know, I was just thinking I really want to talk to you guys about sort of the things I see on Facebook or just like in general. And I want to talk about hustle versus the grind, because I think that they're not the same thing. And it's very interesting to me how they are portrayed. And you know, society in general right now is like super polarized, right? Like people are either on one side or the extreme other side. And you know, that happens in chiropractic as well. And it's just so funny how it like swings from one side to the other side. And so I'm especially talking about like money and you know, a practice, you know, it used to be where you're, you know, you should be working five days a week, a hundred patient visits a week or a day or whatever. And you're just like working to death. And now it's the pendulum has sort of swung to the, oh, I never work. I show up two days a week and you're brand new in clinic or you're brand new in your office or your brand new associate. And you think that you're just going to show up and like work a schedule for someone who's been a veteran for a long time that's created that freedom for themselves, which is just like crazy. You know, I see these memes on that are posted on social media and they say things like, you know, friends are overrated. You just grind and get success. And that's ridiculous. And then you'll see the opposite, which is like, stop embracing the hustle culture. And like, you can't spend money when you die and it doesn't really matter. And I think that neither of those sayings are true. I think that like everything. It's in the middle, you know, it's not either money is important or it's everything or it isn't important or it's everything. And the reality is, you know, money and success are very important, but it isn't everything. And if you just go after money, you know, you're probably going to be pretty unhappy. And, you know, tonight I want to talk about kind of your first year and what I really think about, you know, hustling and what that looks like and goal setting. And, you know, this podcast is really if you have control of your money. So, you know, if you have an associate position and you're just salary and there's no bonuses, this probably won't be very helpful to you. This is really about if you have control of the money you're bringing in, meaning you're paid on percentages or you're paid at least on bonuses. I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast, I really recommend that that's sort of the position that you should go for is that you want to be motivated by getting percentages and that the better that you do, the more you get rewarded. And because that is truly, you know, especially if you're using your associate position as a stepping stone, that truly is giving you practice of what it's like owning your own office. You know, a lot of you guys want to own your office. As you know, I don't think that a lot of you should, but if you do want to, you you want to practice these things and have control over how much money that you bring in. So let's talk about the differences, the differences between hustle and grind. And this is like my personal definition. So if you want to argue with me, that's totally fine. But I think when you put it in this framework, I think it makes some sense. And the first thing that I want to kind of point out is the difference between hustle and grind and just be on the total grind all the time is the time frame. Because a hustle should be, you know, a defined amount of time. You know, you like get your hustle on for a amount of time. It shouldn't be forever because a grind really is something that you are just infinitely doing you're grinding through it. There's no time limit. It's basically like I grind until I'm successful, but like, what the hell does that even mean? So, you know, I am a proponent of hustling and I'm not a proponent 
of that hard grind. And, you know, another thing to think about is if you're hustling, you should have passion behind it. It should be fun, very hard. It's very hard, but it should be fun behind it most of the time. Now, sometimes it's not fun every single day, but in the most part of it, you're thinking it should be fun versus like pushing through a grind I see as it's like miserable, but you're doing it because you, you know, want the end effort and the, the way you're doing it is just absolutely miserable. And then they also think about like who you're seeing in your office. So working hard, like a hustle should be like, you're working really hard to get the right people in your office so that you're figuring out who you want in your office. You're hustling, meeting with those people, professional referrals, other networking, you know, your online marketing should all be hustling to get the right people that you love working with. Whereas a grind is like, I just accept anyone. And so I mean, I know docs like that. And I'm like, oh, who's your ideal client? Like anyone. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. And they're like, I don't care. I'm just looking to see as many people as possible. Now, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you should or should not be doing that. But if you're just seeing anyone, I mean, anyone, that's going to be miserable for you. It just will. In the beginning, you're going to be able to tolerate those people, but eventually you're going to get burnt out. And that's why the burnout rate is so high in chiropractic, because it's just like, I'm all I'm trying to do is just see as many people as possible. But the thing about the quality of people, the kind of people that you do your best work with, I mean, that should really be who you're trying to get into the office and who you're really hustling and meeting so that you can like build up your practice to some place that you actually love to be. And so if we're talking about hustling as a short term, when I say short term, it could be like a year could still be short term. And when you're thinking about early in practice, you're going to have a lot more hustle than when you're later in practice. But don't get me wrong, it never goes away. So I'm just give you a little example. For me, we had a little downturn on our online marketing after October. And I went on a trip in October, a long trip, an expensive trip. So I have been hustling since November to now. And it took that long. It took till April to like turn the ship. Because here's the reality. When something goes wrong in your business, it's not like an automatic, oh, let's make a quick turn and you've corrected course. It is like if you imagine a huge sailboat, like a pirate sailboat that's going one direction. And all of a sudden, if you need to turn that, I mean, it takes a lot of effort to make that turn, that boat turn. And that's what practice is. If you kind of take your you know eye off the ball or something happens for us, it was just, there was like a lot of Google updates, a lot of things changed. We didn't pay attention a little bit to it and it took some time, but I, you know, it's interesting because this last month in March, I had a record new patient month because we, we hustled, but it wasn't a forever thing. In fact, I have a trip in the end of April here, going to Mexico for like a week, hanging out, an all-inclusive five-star hotel. And that was really the reward because I knew it was going to take some time and some hustling. And guess how many trips I took this winter? Zero. I haven't done that in 10 years. But I knew that was going to happen. There was other things, you know, obviously Colby was leaving and court was coming on. So I had to make sure that was going well. So I, it's not like it was a surprise no matter what, I knew I was going to stick around. But you know what? That's the thing is over time, you're still going to have to hustle and it's not forever. And now the office is doing great. I feel great about going on vacation at the end of April because we have turned the boat and it's going the right direction. So you're never, you're never going to be able to completely stop hustling unless you just wither away. A lot of times, you know, the hustle is like not that long though. You know, you might not need to do it for like one month or something like that if you've been in practice for a long time. 
And it is really important to take breaks. So let's talk about that because when you are on your hustle, you should still take breaks. It shouldn't be just like, oh, I'm going to hustle for a year. That's impossible. There's just no way that you can possibly keep that momentum the entire time. So this is what I like to do. I like to set a you know, definite time. And even in the, for me in this last winter, I still took some breaks. You know, I still did some, you know, ski vacations, snowboarding vacations. Um, and we still took some breaks and went up to the mountains. We just didn't like fly anywhere. So depending on where you were, obviously your first year, I mean, your breaks are going to be like, you know, you're driving somewhere an hour out of town, maybe going for camping or something, but, but you still need to take a break. And I would really advise you to take breaks in some place you can really unplug because here's the deal. If you're constantly, constantly working in your business and not working on your business, and then on top of that, not even like letting yourself reflect about what's going on, your mind never gets a rest. And so these problems that you're having, you can't quite figure out what's going wrong. It's going to be very challenging to find it because you have no perspective. And for me, I usually get my best ideas on vacation. Now, I'm not saying that I sit around on the beach and think about the office the whole time. Far from that. In fact, I don't think about it at all. It just like comes to me, you know, and I did this uh, philosophy talk where I was talking about like uh, innate thought flashes. And so BJ used to talk about how he would just like all of a sudden get the answers to whatever thing he was thinking about. He did most of his writing at like two in the morning. That's why a lot of the writing is sort of on a tangent because that's how he sort of wrote. But when you are, and that was once quiet, right? He could quiet his mind. He could quiet the you know, there's no one up at that time. So for him, that was the best time to get ideas. But I, I got to tell you, you know, like I'm on vacation and let's say I've had some sort of problem or thing that I can't quite figure out, you know, naturally the, the solution just comes to me when I'm like on a vacation or like maybe I go for like a hike or something because my mind is able to like see it from a different viewpoint. Or sometimes you meet somebody, and you talk to them, you know, the longer that you're in business, the more you like meet other business people because entrepreneurs are really weird and crazy. So they get really excited to talk to each other because, you know, the other people can't really relate to that lifestyle. So what's really cool is when you are traveling and you start talking to people about their business, which I would highly recommend because getting business perspective from someone who is not in chiropractic is very, very helpful. So, you know, you got to take some breaks. So you got to get your hustle on. You got to take some breaks. You come right back and you should be refreshed and excited about hustling some more. Let's talk about your first year. So this is just a little advice for you if you're in your first year. And this advice is going to be really the same if you're an associate or it's your own practice. Because if you are an associate, you should really think about that position as being your office. If you think it's like someone else's office or someone else's responsibility, you're not going to do very well. It should be you thinking these are you know my patients, this is my office, and I'm acting just as if I had total responsibility for the success of this practice. Because if you don't, if you're lazy and you think that all you have to do is show up, um, you're going to be very disappointed. You know, I, I do, I do advocate for you guys, people that are like brand new docs or students, but I got to tell you lately, the more kind of new docs and students I talk to, I just, it's just crazy how a lot of you guys think that all you need to do is just show up and like magically patients come and that you should just like, you know, not work or hustle at all. Everything should just be kind of given to you. So let's talk about your first year and how that hustle should look, because it really should be a hustle your first entire year. Now, again, you should take breaks during that. 
And you should really think about what you want to accomplish, you know, setting some goals. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And you definitely want to be in control. Like I said earlier, hopefully you're on some sort of percentage base or you're on a, a bonus because that's how you should be able to motivate yourself. And setting goals is super important. Before we talk about setting goals, I do want to talk about what motivates you. And so this is something you might want to think about. I like to call it your commodity. So think about something that like if there wasn't money, you had to exchange your services for something, like what would you exchange it for? For example, my commodity is experience. And what's interesting is these can be to your detriment. So like I need to have new experiences in my life. That's why I like to travel. That's why I like to play extreme sports. That's why, you know, I'm 40 and I play high level competitive sports still because I like that experience. So other commodities could be like time or recognition or being a good provider or could be power, you know, so they're not necessarily always good, but think about what motivates you. Because if you can think about this, then you're going to be able to set your rewards. If you can set your rewards, it's easier for you to be able to set goals, measure them and track them down. Super important because if you're not measuring um, your success in business, you're, I mean, you're really just kind of floating around. It makes no sense. So let's talk about goals and how to set them. First of all, I mean, you just have to think about what things you want to accomplish, you know, not just in, in your office, but like other things like, do you want to buy a house? Do you want to have a certain amount of money in your travel fund? Do you want to like, you know, I don't know, you want to have a, a kids or whatever you want to do is like, you're going to need money to do that. You're going to need to set goals to be able to accomplish that. And so what I like to do is you set goals, you measure them, and then you reward yourself. Because if you miss one of these steps, like if you just set goals and you don't measure them, then, you know, what's the point of that? Or if you set goals and you measure them and then you hit it and then nothing happens, like psychologically, that's really hard for you because you're just like, oh, what's the point of that? I just hit the goal for no reason, right? So, you know, you really want to think about your reward. Super important. For me, a reward is almost always a trip. I'm actually personally working on trying to like buy something physical because I'm such a minimalist. I like don't like stuff, but I do recognize that it's very important to like, reward myself with something that other people might call vanity. Because the thing is, when you're just like, oh, yeah, I bought this, it's no big deal. Like, I'm just going to make more money. Then psychologically, that sets you up in a really good vibration. I think that I actually have figured it out. I think for me, I've been liking watches lately. However, I like minimalist watches. There's very few luxury minimalist watches. You know, if you find some expensive watches that are minimalist, please send them to me and see if I like them um, because I would like to be able to set those rewards and hit them. I've only found watches kind of in like the 3000 range. I haven't found any ones that are more expensive than that, that I actually like. So uh, I am working on that. And I think it's something that for whatever reason I sort of struggle with because I'm like, Oh, I would rather just take this money and like go on a trip. But the reality is like, I just want to do both of those things. So figuring out what's important to you is super important. So things to measure when you're looking at your goals. New patients is a great measurement. I think total collections monthly. I like monthly collections and quarterly collections because you can change them and skew them rather than just like, I'm going to make this amount of money in the year because if you like mess up one month, then you're pretty much screwed. So I like monthly goals and monthly rewards. You know, I think that you have to take a look at your conversion rate. You know, I didn't actually think about this, you know, in upper cervical world, conversion is super, super high typically because you've already screened the patient out. You know, they normally have something like, you know, migraines or vertigo or something very debilitating. And so like, yeah, of course that person's going to convert to care. 
Um, I'm finding out that full spine is a little bit uh, less convert, like the conversion rate is actually a little bit lower. And I, I didn't really think it's something that needed to be worked on, but I really think that conversion rate is super important because if you're getting all these new patients and then you're not converting them to care, I mean, one, that's a lot of money wasted because obviously getting new patients is going to be the thing that's costing you the most money. So, man, you got to nurture those people. You got to make sure that they want to stay and make sure that they feel welcome and listened to and they're having a good experience because people stay because of the experience, not because of your care. I know that you guys think that being the world's best adjuster is going to make people refer and love the office, but it's actually not the, the thing that makes them stay. It's how does the environment feel? Do you put them in a relaxing situation? Do you give them birthday gifts? Do you do these things that make them love the office? That actually helps conversion, helps people stay, and actually helps you get referrals. So the experience in the office is super, super important. The last thing that like doesn't get talked about a lot, which is OVA, which is your office visit average. Because if you're just giving away everything, you know, free exam with free x-rays and like free adjustment, you know, that's going to tank your OVA and you're going to need so many more patients to be able to like just make money to survive. However, if your OVA is super high, then you need a lot less patients. And I got to tell you, the higher OVA, the easier those patients are to work with because they value care. And I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like the higher pricing that you have, actually the easier it is to work with that population. So, you know, I, I think that's something just guys are going to think about is, you know, your first year is going to be up and down. It's going to be harder than you expect. You know, the thing is, like when I was in school, I really hated professors that would say, oh, now, you know, you're going into the real world so hard. And like, yes, that's true. It is. It's a different kind of hard. It is definitely easier than school. I hated school, man. I don't mean academically it was hard. I just mean it was hard to like sit in class and quite frankly, waste my time. I did not like that. Uh, so practice, I love practice way, way more than school, but it is, it is a little harder and you have to get out of your comfort zone because if you're used to just like, Oh, I do this, I do this. And I do this. For example, like you have homework, you take a test, you take boards, you pass and like, congratulations, you are now a chiropractor that has absolutely nothing to do with business. It couldn't be further away from business. Business is abstract. It is not linear. It is up and down and you got to handle the emotional swings. So, you know, I think being a person that is not afraid of rejection, man, that's going to be something that's going to super help you. And if you are afraid of rejection, if you are kind of afraid of getting made fun of, like stop the podcast right now and go work on that. Like you have to work on rejection, go to a bar, pick up on people and just see how it goes. That might seem daunting to you, but if you can't handle rejection and you can't just go up and talk to someone, to a stranger, practice is going to be virtually impossible for you. Like talking to strangers is basically what it's like to be in practice. You've got to get good at that. You know, you guys think that you need help with your adjusting and maybe you do, but what you really need help with is talking to people like a normal person not talking to people like how you talk to each other and how you talk to other chiropractors, because, you know, you're going to be super excited and you think you're thinking that you're like crushing it. Like sometimes I see new docs and they're like talking to a person and they're like so excited and they're talking and I can just see the other person's like, dear God, when does this conversation end? And then like that end, like, Oh, did you see me talking to that person about chiropractic? And I'm like, yeah, I did. Please don't ever do that again. Uh, it's, so it's a practice skill. And I think that like, 
the big thing is having mentors and letting you make mistakes though. I do think that like part of it is you're going to learn, you're going to go up there, you're going to be super excited. You're going to like word vomit all over them and you're going to start to reel it back and reel it back and get a little bit better at it. But I will tell you that it is an, is an art to talking to people and hopefully you find a mentor that can really help you with that because that's going to be super important. All right, guys. Well, I just kind of wanted a short podcast tonight. I really think that it is okay to hustle. So like people who tell you that you should just like, you know, show up and not really put effort in is that's ridiculous. It's absolutely absurd. But at the same time, like the people are telling you that you just grind it out for like 10 years. That also is absurd. You got to find the balance. And so the hustle should be a short term thing. Please don't get into a grind because I promise you, you're going to burn out and it should never feel like a grind. You know, I know that Colby and I were talking last podcast and she was just saying how, you know, it never really felt, she never like woke up, was like, ugh, I have to go to work. It should not feel that way. Even when you have a hustle on, it should feel exciting. You should be excited to go to your job. If you don't feel that way, you might look for another job or at least, you know, take a look at what you're doing and maybe you need to make some changes. All right. That's all I got. Hope to see you guys again. We do this podcast the first and third Monday of the month. I'm Dr. Allison Bremner, and this has been Cultivating Success. See you guys. 